And she had a funny smile on her face, and she nodded and said, You smell it too, don't you? She said, That's my ghost. I would hear the mommy, mommy, along with little running footsteps from his bedroom to my room, only to find him fast asleep in his room. And you know something happened, and it's so scary, so spooky, that it took me a minute to even tell anybody because I had never experienced anything like that before. Welcome back to Spooked. I'm Mark Davis at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We started this podcast about a month ago. Halloween was gearing up, and we figured it'd be a fun thing to do. Based on the number of stories we've heard from readers, we're going to keep going. So, if you have a story to share, send it on. We'd like to hear it. Keep listening for details on how we can get in touch. For now, here's a new collection of stories. A wedding guest no one could see crashes the party. A visit to a notoriously haunted brew pub in Savannah doesn't disappoint. Footsteps in a ceiling that sent a pack of kids running. And a supernatural love triangle. This is Spooked. Nicole Pettis is Atlanta's makeup artist to the stars. When entertainers come to town for the big movie premieres, she gets the call to come make the beautiful people more beautiful. She also does bridal makeup. She really likes that. Getting brides and bridesmaids ready to walk down the aisle, what could be more fun? But one such event gave her a case of the creepy pre-wedding jitters. An unofficial member of one wedding party, who no one could see, made her presence felt. Literally. The client hired us to go to her wedding in Madison, Georgia. And this whole section of the historic houses are known to be haunted. I didn't know that at the time. I don't think I would have accepted the wedding. But anyway, we get there and we get upstairs and one of the rooms is roped off as it's off limits. It's in its original state, I think they refurbished it, but in original state where the little furniture was tiny. Back then, I guess they had tiny furniture. And the room that was roped off was the little girl's room. And you had a little, you know, stroller, baby stroller with a doll baby in it. You had her little bed, but it was cold as can be. When I tell you refrigerator cold, you can hang meat in there. And she's don't, the lady that kept the house said, don't go in that room. It's kind of weird. Don't go in that room. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, wait. Oh, weird. I started doing the hair and makeup for the wedding, and I'm telling the bride, feels kind of eerie in here. She goes, oh, I know. She says, this, this house actually was on one of the shows about being haunted, but I don't believe it. She says, and people in the town say they have seen this little girl in a picture window at the top of the house. You know how you have, like, the round window. And she just sits there and looks over the street. And I was like... Was that her room? She was like, I guess that was her room. So of course, I, you know, started doing hair and makeup, or doing makeup, and one of my brushes, what happens? Falls out of my hand and rolls into the room. 
I need that brush. It was the blush brush. So the rope is there and I'm trying to reach. And as I reach in, I promise you, I feel like a force on my hand. And I just snatched back. I said, forget the brush. I'll deal with that, I'll deal with that later. So I'm, you know, going, going, going. I didn't notice at the time, my back was to a door. And in these old houses, um, you could get from the kitchen up to the second level from like, I guess it would be the butler or the maid's quarters or whatever, come up that side stair. Well, the door was closed the whole time. I didn't even notice there was a door there. I'm turning around here, this door opens as if someone came out of it. No one's moving. No, everybody's in their position still for hours. I said, did anybody see that door open? Everybody's like, yeah. Anybody come in that door? No. So unfortunately, we think the little girl did not like that the bride was getting her hair and makeup done in her house. And in the story is I hauled butt back to Atlanta. <laughs> Goodbye, little girl. Well, I mean, they said the picture in the window when she's like looking over the street, she had long brown hair. She was very gorgeous. So maybe she was just a little jealous. I was so freaking scared of that. I was like, I don't think, I think I'm going to have to figure out where we're doing hair and makeup from now on. There ain't no way I'm doing a haunted house again. Beauty is not that important. <laughs> Jamil Williams loved her new house. Well, her old house. It was nearly a century old when she and her family moved into it. It was the perfect place to raise her sons. And she was even happier when a pack of kids showed up to play. She couldn't understand what made them all stampede for the door. But she soon found out why. Even now, decades later, she cannot explain the footsteps upstairs. And my story is about our experience after moving into our grand dam of a 1908 craftsman in historic Old Hyde Park in Tampa. It was a big, friendly old house. It felt like the welcoming arms of a grandmother when we first saw it. We moved in, and that first night, the next-door neighbors came to introduce themselves. And their two boys were delighted to find a boy of their age to move onto the street full of girls. They all trooped up to my son's room, which had a little door leading directly into the attic. Suddenly, we heard a large thud upstairs. I thought furniture had fallen. I called up, what was that? The white-faced neighbor boys nearly knocked me over and ran home to leave their embarrassed parents to bid us goodnight so they could get back and find out what had happened. My two had eyes as round as saucers. They said they didn't do anything. They were just sitting there talking, and something banged on the door in the attic. I came up and investigated and found nothing. What do you think it was? I don't know. Maybe a raccoon? Well, okay, then let's get ready for bed. The next day, I went to the old-timer across the street and asked him the same question I'd ask another neighbor if someone had died in the house. And he said, oh, no, but she had 11 children. All of us in the neighborhood played over there. It was always lots of fun. And I don't remember when it started, but it was soon. In 1908, houses did not have the walk-in closets that are common today. Our house was 30 feet wide. But upstairs, at each end of the hall, a walk-in closet had been built, making the hall only about 12 feet long. 
One night I was awakened by the sound of running upstairs. The cadence was not that of the six and eight-year-olds in residence. It was the pitter-patter of little feet, about two years old, I judged. And it didn't run for 12 feet. It ran all the way across the 30-foot width of the house. No closets existed for this little guy. Then it began to mess with that attic door. Of course, it was always kept closed, but I would hear it open and shut. After their scare, I knew nothing would possess my son to open it in the dark. And then one night, as I stood listening at the foot of the stairs, I heard a whisper, Mommy. I went upstairs to see if one of mine had called me. They were both sound asleep. I felt like less than an ideal mother to leave my children alone upstairs in a house with a poltergeist running amok. Although it creeped me out, I truly did not feel any malevolence, but this just could not continue. I was losing too much sleep. I told my husband that we were going to have to do something about it. I had given up going upstairs to check, which was very high, what with an 11-foot ceiling and then a foot of dead space between the floors. My heart would be pumping from the climb and the weirdness of it all so that it would take me quite a while to fall back asleep. He naturally thought I was crazy in imagining it, until finally one night he was up to use the bathroom and heard the attic door slam. Is that what you've been hearing? I nodded assent, and he was immediately on board with the necessity of doing something about this. We didn't want to talk to any of our new neighbors about it, so we told a very spiritual friend, and she related the conventional wisdom that occasionally souls become confused and don't want to leave places they are attached to, whether by happiness or tragedy. She felt we needed to pray to help this little soul see reason and move along to the next level. I believe that the old-timer across the street wouldn't have been but a whippersnapper when the highly likely occurrence of one of his 11 neighbors perishing, perhaps from falling down that 12-foot-high staircase. If he had been aware of it at the time, he was very likely to have forgotten. I figure he was born about 1915, so it could have happened well before his birth. In any event, our little upstairs housemate must have gone to the light, because it was definitely just the four of us living there after that, and we did so without incident or disruption for four more years until we moved back to Atlanta but those neighbor boys never again climbed up those stairs. Michelle Lowe works at a medical office by day. After hours, she leads ghost tours and works with a group of paranormal investigators. One of the locations they checked out was Moon River Brewing Company. That's known in Savannah as the Haunted Brew Pub. Does it live up to its nickname? Well, after what she experienced there, Michelle certainly agrees. 
we had investigated Moon River many times uh, and were never let down. We always got some kind of evidence there, whether it be uh, EVP or pictures or uh, personal experiences. Well, this night we were there, it had it all. It started out with the guys were actually setting up cameras when they had the first experience. Um, two of the guys uh, were up on the um, second floor setting up cameras when they saw an apparition of a woman come floating out of one of the dark rooms. Well, they stood there in almost unbelieving, uh, and it was not much longer when this apparition actually saw the two guys on the team and just vanished right in front of them. But they did describe her as having her hair up and wearing a long dress. Uh, they said that you could actually see the ruffles in her dress, and it was interesting because when they saw her, she saw them too, and that's when she vanished. We were in the area where the pool tables were, and there's a little bar down there. And one of the first things I saw was a shadowy figure go behind a barrel, this barrel-like thing. And at first I thought it was one of the employees maybe picking up something because they were had just finished cleaning up and were closed at this point. But I thought it must be an employee. So we walked over to that side of the room only to find nobody there. It was while we were checking this out that we got a kind of foreboding feeling and heard three knocks on a door. Well, we went to go check the door, and uh, it turned out that the door was uh, locked. And uh, we did find out later that the, no the room where the knocks were coming from was actually a storage closet. So it did not make any sense that there was knocks coming from the other side. Well, as we made our way up to the different floors... And Moon River, once you leave that, that main floor where the restaurant is, you're pretty much walking right back into the past. Well, we were up on, I believe it was the third floor, and while we were up there, we saw these strange shadows moving across the ceiling. And at first, we thought that they may have been coming from downstairs, but then we were too high up, and there were people walking downstairs but you can clearly tell it was not their shadows. It was just not possible for their shadows to be up on the inside of the wall near the roof. And also the shadows inside the, the room had what looked like to be large hats on. So we did note that, and we were still in that same room when we saw what looked like I can only describe as sparkler lights starting to manifest literally about one to two feet right in front of us, uh, although there was no sound with them. And I, so that place, in my opinion, is one of the most haunted places probably in the world. This is Mark Davis at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and you're listening to Spooked. I need to pause for a minute to note that telling ghost stories isn't exactly what journalists are known for. We deal with facts, 
We make sure our articles are balanced and fair. We search through government archives, court transcripts, property records, databases, you name it. Anywhere we can find official documents to help ensure accurate reporting, we want it. So telling ghost stories, that's a little different. We're sharing stories readers have shared with us in their own words. We can't track down the ghosts to get their side of the story. And the very nature of these tales means there isn't a lot of what you'd call official evidence. Still, this has been a fun project, and we thank you for listening. Email me at mrdavis at ajc.com if you'd like to share your story. For now, here's one more. Remember Shell Robards? We heard from her last time. She and her sister, Kelly Alanis, both born storytellers, shared a couple of chilling encounters. We noticed uh, an elderly woman in a black coat and a black hat and flowers. But what, what struck me odd was that it was warm outside, and so what she had on was way too hot. And it was also very outdated. About that time, the door kind of swings open. And I'm thinking, oh, man. And I said, she's not here. And again, you say, what do you mean she's not there? And I said, she's not here. So out you run. I took off. (laughs) She took off that bathroom. (laughs) Cheryl's got one more for us. Sort of a cross between Halloween and uh, Valentine's Day. Seems she got caught up in a ghostly love triangle. Well, first of all, my name is Cheryl Robards. And prior to being a Robards, I was a Duke. And uh, I was married to uh, Jeffrey Duke, my late husband. And we lived at 1318 Smoky Road. I had a lot of experiences in there. My, my children did. Um, but one particular night after I had married my third husband, uh, Mike Robards, uh, we were sitting there in the living room, and all of a sudden we heard this, <sighs> and my husband looked at me, and he said, did you hear that? And I said, I did. And he said, was that the wind? And I said, that wasn't wind. That was somebody sighing. And he said, what? Who do you think it was? And I said, I think it was Jeff. You know, either disapproving or approving <laughs> that I'm married to you, you know. <laughs> I said, probably didn't like it too much. Um, but um, so we just went about with it and just tried to ignore it and stuff. But uh, as soon as I tried to sell my house, odd things started happening. Sewer backed up in the tub. Uh, we started having uh, power surges. And we literally had to get out of the house before I officially sold it. It was like uh, they got ticked off. His, I'm assuming, and when I say they, I'm assuming uh, Jeff and his mother, his brother, and his father, who all died around or in the house. So um, the the house has a lot of, or had a lot of spirits, because the house has been torn down since then. Spook was reported by me, Mark Davis, and Jennifer Britt. She also produced it. Thanks for listening. Until next time.